What's up, my friends, and welcome to the Firehouse Leadership Podcast, where we like to keep leadership in the firehouse. This podcast is brought to you by Josh Chase of Jump Seat Leadership and Jared Sergi of Trial by Fire. We have you covered from the jump seat all the way to the front seat. So sit back, listen in, and let's get started. What's up, me compadres? Welcome back to the Firehouse Leadership Podcast. Uh, we're here with uh, my ho- co-host, Jared Sergi, and uh, we're going to get to it today. But uh, before we do, honestly, dude, w- what's been new? It's been a little while. I haven't seen you. Yeah, so since the podcast, uh, let's see. I'll start personal life. Busy with Boy Scouts. Busy with Taekwondo. Uh, do Still doing my jujitsu thing, learning that. I just got Are you, are you doing Boy Scouts or are your boys doing Boy Scouts? My boys, yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, I missed the eight. I'm past the age cutoff. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I sell popcorn. Yeah. So we've been selling Cause... popcorn for like the last few weeks, which, which I got to put this out there. The Girl Scouts have it way easy okay because i don't know if anybody any boy scouts have tried to sell you popcorn but it's anywhere between like 15 to 55 dollars for popcorn dude those girl scouts got it made because it's like what four bucks a box yeah well so, look so some boy scouts stopped by the station and i bought some jalapeno oh, yeah. cheddar popcorn i'm oh, not gonna lie it was oh, pretty good dude, it's good jalapeno cheddar is yeah. really good jalapeno cheddar is good yeah i'm i'm gonna say i handed them 40 bucks yeah and i was like what do i do with this little collector's tin of popcorn <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, today crazy. I was sitting people up at the training center. In fact, it was the last day. Like, d- told dad move. Like, my wife goes. She's been like on it. She's like, "Have you hit everybody at the training center?" I was like, "I'll do it today." Yeah, so, sure. I always remember when guys at the station would bring you know stuff for chocolate bars or popcorn or whatever. Like way oh, yeah. before I had kids, I always bought some because I just remember thinking like, you know, one day I'm probably gonna ask for for this too so i'm just gonna yeah. buy it you know but so i've been do- doing that and then took a vacation to africa which was killer south africa which was awesome man um i'm not gonna lie i was pretty super, jealous oh just like God. totally was- like case of what the joneses are doing on social media watching your trip in africa. Uh, yeah and i don't know if anybody that's listening has been but man what a we've been to a lot of places you know all inclusives and stuff and this one was also an all-inclusive but I mean, maybe just because it was something totally different, you know, sure. seeing elephants and zebras and lions. I mean, it was it was a trip. It's like going to hunt club here in Virginia Beach, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 I don't know if I'll ever go to a zoo again because I'm like, whatever. I saw rhinos in the wild. I'm not going to look at them here. <laughs> but uh, but that was awesome. So hopefully in a, in a few years, we'll take the boys. But um, but at work, let's see work. Uh, You know, I'm still getting my legs under me with some stuff in the training center. So like normal training center stuff, working out, working on rolling out some courses, you know, working on right. officer development program, a couple in services that we have coming up. Uh, and then the latest, which we'll probably talk about it with our Q and a is a new promotional process just rolled out. So oh, yeah, we're going to talk about yeah, some we'll promotional about process so today. Naturally there's some people that are trying to get some courses. So I'm trying to use my level head to, to make sure I can try to help them out. But, um, but that's it. What about you, man? uh so my dog just killed one of our ducks so that's what's new that's like in the last 20 minutes you know kind of fresh mm-hmm. i mean i'm cool you know circle of life but wife is yeah, not cool at all in fact she left the house to go get coffee i don't know if she's coming back but i kind of hope she will go you know? so duck. yeah you know i traveled a little bit went down to joint uh base fire department in south carolina did some yeah, speaking down that? there dude it was great man they got some unique challenges down there their air force 
and a little bit of like uh so some army on the base some navy on the base a lot of the civilian it's like a civilian military mixed department so the so, air force because the air force guys they do i mean i know they do the aircraft stuff but will they yeah. will they staff like regular so they staff regular pieces down there you can actually be like in a firehouse in the air force so you can unlike the navy where you're like a damage control man and yeah. then like firefighting like they're you're strictly fire more like so, what we do now yeah 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 so it's pretty cool yeah. uh unique challenges a lot of turnover with the military down there and um you know not it's just military not not saying anything bad just about like the department. normal oh you're only here for two years you're yeah duty so you're station, here for two years four years duty station they're off so they're constantly getting turnovers yeah. so that's just a unique challenge that they have but they're working through it they're doing a great job down there but that was pretty exciting. I really thought I was going to get down there and get to enjoy Charleston, South Carolina. I was like, man, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to yeah, teach. Cool I'm going to go see the city and the sights. But my plane didn't get until one. I taught at eight, taught all day to like five. Trust me, I'm not complaining. I'm just old. So yeah. and then I went, went back to the hotel, got dinner, and I was like totally going to go out, maybe grab a beer, see some stuff. Dude, I fell asleep at 730. Yeah. Like <laughs> woke up after the Monday night game. I was like, oh, it's over. Went back to bed, taught the next day, hopped on a plane. I don't even know what Charleston, South Carolina looks like. I know yeah. what the Chipotle looks like because that's where I grabbed dinner, <laughs> you know, which is kind of sad. So it's, it's awesome. my plan to go back. It's yeah, my it's plan cool to go city. back. Yeah, it's a neat so, city. And cool. They got some cool firehouses, too. Yeah, yeah. So my plan is to go back and take a look around. But uh, yeah, so that's what's new on my end. I took a couple of days off of work, so I feel like I've been off forever. Yeah, I go back on shift tomorrow, so I'll get to, you know, I feel like that's I have right. to Tomorrow's... reconnect. Tuesday, yeah, you see your yeah, stretch, yeah. Tuesday, B shift, long stretch every other day for 24 hours for four yep. days. My favorite week in the fire department. If you didn't catch yeah. the sarcasm, yeah. Um, well, I know I've been, I've been, uh, I've been jumping in and following that the whole uh, 4896 thing that you posted. Oh, yeah, you listening is, is on that, but I gotta tell you, man, I, it, you know, like when I first heard about that schedule, right? Like, uh, I don't know, man, that doesn't sound too good, but um. When I was an explorer, even in California, they the department that I explored at, right? They were forty eight ninety six, and I just remember like it was big on the the West Coast, and then maybe it's kind of trickling yeah. everywhere. But every everybody that I talk to loves it. Yeah, they Dude, love I it. haven't heard anybody complain. There's like the normal stuff, um, but nobody's complained. The medics are the biggest thing. Well, what have I got to ride for twenty four? The other thing is you get a guaranteed twenty four off because they yeah. can't ride even with two, in our city. Even with two medics in the station. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do know that there's departments that are similar to us, like is like the same model, you know, like we do our own ALS transports and we have a medic rotation and things like that. I still feel like even them, you know, and, and we're in a yeah. slouch city, we're busy, and there's other busy places that I mean, they pulled off and they still like it. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, maybe I'd be down for like a because it's still, yeah, seriously. Because it's still three shifts, right? It's still an yep. A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. It's still three shifts, so they still yeah. got it all worked out. So if you're listening and you're doing the forty eight ninety six and you have some info, I mean, yeah, we'll have the real. email. I'm just have, curious. Yeah, just yeah, reach too, out. Actually. I'm not spearheading this for my department. Yeah, me neither. So <laughs> yeah. If you if you send me things, I'm honestly going to send them to somebody yeah. else. But I feel I like just, we know a guy who might. His name yeah. rhymes with Schmevin Schmoll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're listening, which Kevin, I'm going to make sure you're listening yeah. to this episode. You know, so no, that's what's new, man. Uh, not a whole lot. Like I said, you know, like I said, I got to do some traveling and you know do that kind of stuff. But yeah. Now I'm fires. back. Uh, fires last month. Fires pretty quiet. Fires. 
Is that what orange stuff? Like, uh, yeah. So like, uh, it's, it's this thing that happens when there's this triangle or this tetrahedron. Oh, tetrahedron. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Te- heat, I always have struggle with that word. Tetrahedron. Reaction. Tetra. The yeah. reaction chemical thing. But yeah. yeah, the city's been quiet. We had, they had that, the shifts had that big fire out in ocean view and then, uh, a little small things here and there, but I don't think anything too crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Somebody posted something the other day and they were like, caught a little job. First thing I did was check out their gear. And I was like, you didn't catch anything because your gear is completely clean. So just be honest. You caught a pan of food and you took some pictures. Yeah, I'm not mad at you. It's okay. I guess if we put our mask on these days, we're we're struggling right now. So we got to get pictures where we can. Right. I mean, that's right. So. All right, cool. Well, uh, this is our Q&A episode there, folks. So uh, we got a unique format here that we're going to do for you today. We're going to discuss three questions. And uh, some of this has just come from either places we've been or they've hit me or Jared up. And uh, we're going to discuss three questions. Each of those questions for 10 minutes apiece should put us at about 30 minutes. Um, and you're going to hear a timer go off. We're going to try and be accountable to these questions because we're both talkers and we can get a little carried away. Oh, yeah. Um, at the end, we might circle back if it's something we really want to uh, continue to talk about. Or sometimes when we do this, we discover like, hey, this actually deserves an entire episode. So, yeah. yeah. And then again, if they have, you know, if anybody has questions, just like, damn, I really wish, you know, they spent whatever, 10 minutes on question two. And I really felt like there could be more. Maybe, hey, yeah. you, you know, you didn't answer a question that I that popped up in my mind. You know, shoot us, shoot us an email. And that's certainly something we can we can throw in another episode. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get to it. I got the questions here. Jared knows what they are. I sent them to him, uh, already. So we're going to get into it. I'll start the timer. And, uh, so the first question, how to deal with, how do I deal with and prepare for a promotional process? There's a lot of stuff going on these days with promotional processes. People disagree, agree. So how do we deal with these processes and how do we prepare for them? And I'm gonna go ahead and start the timer. If you want to start talking there, bud. Oh uh, yeah, I'll get us. I'll get started first. So, I think the first obvious answer is just the process. I just want to talk about the process itself, meaning the formal hurdle that you have to jump through, right? So, right. there's the easy, the easy low hanging fruit, and I'll go after that first. That's just dealing with the actual promotional process, which is studying for the test, doing the assessment center, all that kind of stuff. So, there's obviously a certain amount of preparation that has to come into that, right? Like absolutely know, yeah. knowing the book list, knowing what you need to study. So, you know, when it comes to that, that's, that's simply all it is. You're preparing for a process. There's no, there's no crazy answer. You're going to get from me there. Like you, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time, you have to read the books. Yeah, you got to buy the books. Stuff. You got to print the SOPs. You got to highlight the stuff. Exactly. And you know, yeah. like stuff that sometimes is easier. It's like, you know, it's not always a fun thing to do, but it's necessary for the process now. Yeah we can, you know, does the process guarantee you, you know, guarantee that anybody's going to do well in the position? No. So that's, that's the deeper part for me. Like, yes, right. you obviously have to prepare for the process to, to land that position, but it's, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, what have I been doing to prepare for the position? Anybody yeah. can prepare for the process. I mean, there, yeah. and there's no perfect process out there, not that I'm aware of. So it's like, what have I done to prepare for the position? What have I done to make myself credible? Now, some people truly, maybe they don't have any aspirations to be an officer. And then it's like this year, they're like, you know what? Something's changed in my career or yeah, yeah. Or I'm at this firehouse and I had this, this change in my viewers. Like, man, I need to hit the grind and start preparing. You know, some could argue that they might be a little bit behind because they haven't done some of maybe the formal classes that are required. And, and that might be the case. 
And maybe that just wasn't on their radar. But the best advice I can give to people is if you are even considering the fact that you may want to move up into your organization, take a look at what is required right now, you know, or what has been required over the years or what has been suggested or, or stuff like that. Like look out ahead and say, all right, well, and when I say that, I mean like formal classes, right? Like, well, I need to have officer one. I need to have officer two. I need to have whatever that might be. I need and, to have some college credit maybe, or stuff yeah, like that. I need that. to have some college credit. So, you know, so, and I say that because, and I'll use our own department as an example, you know, for the longest time we required time, which like was between four to six years. Now it's six years. And then I believe that it was written where your officer one and your instructor one was preferred, I think is how it was written. I could, yeah, it was like preferred. And then you maybe had to complete it, I think, within the first year of actually being promoted. Which we didn't really, something like that. that. Yeah. No, we didn't. No, not at all. And so now it's required. So this process that just opened up and it's like ends January, whatever the application, you got to be in by January. So now there's people that don't have those courses. And I got to be honest, like I've struggled in my own mind. Like there's one side of me that's like, like, how did you all not see this coming? How could you be shocked by the fact that, you know, oh, to be an officer, you have to have officer one. Like, right. So there's that side of me. The other side of me is, you know, well, you know, did, did people truly know that this was coming? And that's, you know, did they not like, you know, like there's reasons people haven't gone out and gotten those things. So, you know, again, it all goes back to preparation. As far as I'm concerned, if you want to put yourself in a position of leadership, it's probably a good idea to go out there in your department, in your region, wherever that looks like where you're from and get like the, the entry level courses for that position. So for me to be a Lieutenant, it's probably reasonable to think that I should go out and get officer one. It's probably reasonable, reasonable to think that if I'm going to be a company officer to teach people how to be firefighters, I should probably go out and get instructor one. And look, I'm, I'm not here to say that we talked about the other day, like, I'm not here to say that that certificate alone, like gives you this, you're good to go. Yeah. So that's a big, man. No, then that's a big point. Like everybody, you know, and I, I, I don't believe that. And I know you don't believe that. Right. Those certificates, they don't make you better officers. They, they, uh, they don't make you an officer. I mean, that's something that we've hashed out over and over and over, but I like what you said. Look, you have an idea of what this process is going to look like, you know, like I'll give you an example. So, uh, I knew we needed college credit to test for lieutenant when I took the lieutenant's exam, right? So I knew that we needed at least 30 college credits. Well, I checked my college credits. I was like, oh, man, I got 30. I'm in. Yeah. But that was lieutenant. So at that time, I was like, well, what if it's required for captain or battalion chief? I've gone as high as I can go. So I didn't know what the requirements were for captain or battalion chief mm-hmm. um, as far as college credit. But I decided it was probably going to be more than 30. So I pursued my associate's degree just in case I want to take the captain's test someday. So now here I am with an associate's degree, which is cute, you know, most places these days, but it prepared me to just, uh, it put me in a position to be able to test for captain. I tell you right now that associate's degree in fire science did nothing for me as far as, oh my gosh, this made me such a better fireman or officer. Right. But it put me in, like you said, I prepared myself for the position that I wanted to be in. Where it was like, let me do the, and like you said, I'm split on it, right? I know these things. Well, I'm not really split on it. I'm actually not. I know these things don't make you 
um, the best fire officer in the world. But it's like you said, it is the basic course for promotion. And if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like, this is garbage, you know, you don't need certifications to lead. I'm not going to argue with you that you don't, but sure. they, they do help. Yeah, and I think they that, do show discipline and they do show commitment. So exactly. while it's it, there's a there's a fine balance between the two, if you will, there is, you know, and, you know, and again, it's that to me and this is just my opinion. I don't expect everybody to think like me, you know, but like to me, for the folks that go out there and they look ahead. So like I'm like you, like I know that I want to be in this particular position one day. Right. I know that eventually when I retire. I would like to take a position as like a deputy or a fire chief of a, of a department somewhere, you fire know, maybe outside the area. <laughs> so, so I know that, right. So what do I do? I'm like, you know what? I'm not there yet. I have a lot to learn, but sure. it's years, it's years away from me, but let me see what's required. So yeah. I would look at job postings and I would say, Oh, I wonder what, I wonder what they're requiring of deputies or fire chiefs these days. Oh, EFO or masters or one or one or the other. I'm like, all right, well maybe I'll just start working towards that, that way. You know, I'm not in a bind when all of a sudden I need to apply for it. And it's like, well, I don't have any of that stuff. And, and the other, yeah, another thing is like the discipline thing. And again, this is just me. It, it just, in my mind, it shows a little bit of ownership in your career. It shows a little bit of initiative. It shows a little bit of, you know, you going out and wanting to improve yourself. Because yeah. again, if you're going to step into that position you know, for the people that that find themselves behind the eight ball when the process rolls out, you know, fast forward to your interview, and when the fire chief, dude, I was chief, I just thinking that. I'm yeah, glad you're going I, I, don't, I don't know if they ask yep. it. I would yep. ask it. What have you done to prepare for? Not for this process. What have you done to prepare for this position? Well, and can I can I answer that? I'll yeah, answer go for it. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I came to work an hour early every day. I checked off the truck. I was a good employee. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's so did, 99.9% so yeah, of everybody else. The other people that yeah. are competing with you. Yeah. So again, that's just my view. I don't expect yep. everybody to believe what I believe or think how I think. But it's like, if you want to set yourself apart and step into a leadership position, then show some ownership. So show some initiative, because your yeah. answer can't be well, you know, I knew I needed all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I really haven't prepared for anything. So I mean, i I jammed a course in as much as I could the last few months. But other than that, like if I was the fire chief interviewing that person, I would think to myself, okay, well, if I promote you, what then? Like, like I want people. Yeah, in that's a positions. good point. Yeah. They're going to show initiative and ownership and all those things that we talked about. So it's like, does the ball stop rolling? Is if I give you this promotion, it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to do anything else. Like, are you simply doing this for your own self-interest? or Are you truly trying to do this? to better the department, better the people around you. Like, I think if you, when you talk about preparing for a position or, or a promotion or whatever, think about the role that you will play in the firehouse. You're an instructor, you're a coach, you're a mentor, you're, you're an accountant, you're the senior, you're everything in some days, you know, you, I don't want to say the subject matter expert, but people should be able to come to you and expect a certain level of competency out of you. So you should ask yourself also, all right, well, since I'm about to play that role or those roles, what can I do to help better prepare myself for that? Yeah, that's the good. The right answer is not, oh, well, nothing because they don't require anything Dude. of me. No, you got to go. Well, the people that are jumping off the cliff right now, like you said, to take these classes, like, I, I you know, I, I hear you, uh, but you can't say you didn't. And this isn't just our department specifically, right? No, we got no, stuff no, going no. on here, but we're just saying 
if this stuff is happening and you know you have a process coming at any point and if it is in your future to want to be promoted someday you have to take the responsibility to actually prepare yourself whatever that looks like for your department i mean right, that's the exactly. biggest thing you've got to take responsibility for yourself and you can't just blame other people it doesn't yeah. make any sense yeah well, how much time the, we got i felt like we that's the timer out. Yeah, that's the timer. Yeah, that's it. That was 10 minutes on question number one. Yeah, I don't think uh, I have anything else to add on that one. Do you? No, no. I mean, uh, that's one we could probably do a podcast on. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. So hit me with question number two. What do we got here? All right. So the other one is my boss doesn't share my vision, right? How do I deal with them consistently enforcing things that I don't like? So I've gotten this question and and maybe have, and I've like in a roundabout way, I've gotten, um, Someone asked me the other day when I was teaching a class, hey, how do I, I keep trying to push this project and my chiefs don't care. Like, what do, what do I do to push it? So that's one part. You know, hey, I, there's these policies within my department that I don't agree with and how, you know, I don't agree with them. How am I expected to, you know, enforce them with my crew? So I get those, I, I get those questions. I've, I've been in those positions. So I actually wrote a lot on this one. So this one, this is another one that could probably be a whole podcast, but, um, but we'll try to jam through them. So the first thing I put is most times, not all the time, I'm a realist too. Most times your boss or your chief wants the same things you do, meaning yeah. meaning they want people to roll out the door. They want people to make good decisions. They want people to treat the public right. They want all, all this thing. Most times everybody wants the same thing. We just kind of get there in, in different ways. So I would say first, you should ask yourself, like, why don't you like it? Um, you know, is it? I just it, don't. Yeah, is it like? Is it something yeah, you just I, flat out disagree with because right, you yeah. wouldn't do it that way, or you know? So it's like maybe there's some ego that's getting in the way, you know? So you know, it's like, all right, well, maybe I should check my own ego first and really think about, like, is this really a big deal now? If if your boss, I think, or your chief or your captain, whoever is trying to make you do things that are like not safe or not ethical or, you know, they go against your department's core values or like you, you seriously feel very strongly like, look, I can't carry this out. I don't want to make my crew do this. I don't want to make this decision because I just feel like it's not right. Yeah. Then you got to speak up. And I, I've, yeah. I've only ever been in those situations a couple times, but you have to you have to speak up and hopefully your boss will listen now i wrote like a like a patient analogy so there's going to be times where your boss is going to ask you to do things and you just don't want to do them but you have to and that's probably just the nature of the business that you're in in the fire service like and i've been in that position and i've had to ask myself all right well in the end like is this going to be like do I just want to continue to fight my boss and just be a pain in the butt or will it just be easier to just carry out whatever they have me to have, yeah. you know, want me to do hit a freaking home run and then be done with it. It's like arguing with a patient to go to the hospital, right? Like, yeah, it's like I've seen people spend almost an freaking hour on scene arguing oh, with somebody God. on why we they could have like go three patients hospital. back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, dude, I could have had this guy to the hospital by now. So it's like, is it really worth your time and your energy and the capital that you may or may not have with your boss? Or is it like, you know what? You didn't even tell your crew, like, look, guys, like, we're going to knock this out. You guys may not agree, but this is the objective. We're going to we're gonna do the best we can. Because at least what I've found is 
I've done some of those things where I'm like, I've been really reluctant to do it. And I didn't really agree with the way it was handled. But if I did it fine and I did it well, then, then that helps with my relationship with my chief or my boss or my captain or my lieutenant, because eventually there's going to be some things that I want. And, you know, if, if they feel like, oh, well, you know, Captain Sergio, Lieutenant Chase, like last time I tasked them with this. And while they didn't agree, they, you know, they did it really well and they knocked it out of the park and they did it a hundred percent. Then they're going to, yeah, they're going to yeah. do something for you most times. Most times. Yeah, I completely agree. Experience. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing, like the, the big thing there is, you know, um, my boss doesn't share the same vision that I have. Like, and I mean, I hate to sound so like, you know, rude here, but you're not the boss. And, and I don't, yeah. and I don't mean that like in a rude way. Like that's just a fact, right? Like your boss yeah, is in charge true. and he may not be that leader that you want him to be, or he may not even be leading, but as long as he's, uh, his vision is lined up with the vision and mission of the department, there's not a whole lot you can do or say, he just wants yeah. to accomplish things different. So it's kind of like you pointed out earlier, why don't you like it? I will tell you the first reason I don't like things that people implement. And it's because it's not my way. Yeah. That's the first oh, we're thing. All the same way, probably. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, way. it's like, hey, like the the mission's gonna get done. It's not an issue whether we're, we're gonna accomplish this or not. I don't like the way this person's doing it, and um, I would consider myself a natural leader. And, and the areas that I'm not a natural leader, I'm working on those things. But one thing about me is I want to do it my way, and I'm not saying that's a great quality all the time because as soon as somebody wants to do it their way, I'm like, well, that's not how I would do it. So I think like kind of like you got to really you got to be careful with this stuff, because like you said, the mission is never look if the mission's getting done and it's getting accomplished. I think you're building like relationship capital, kind of like what you talked about with not only, you know, your your higher ups, but also your peers and your subordinates. Everybody's watching to see how this gets handled. Yeah. yeah. And reacting to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I have created many rebellions in the firehouse. I don't know how many times because I've reacted a certain way. Yeah. Now, next thing you know, the I look around me and everybody's got pitchforks, you know, torches and signs, and they're ready to take this guy out. And I'm like, oh, that's because of how I reacted to this whole thing. And in the end, like you said, we actually want the same thing. Now, if you don't want the same thing, I think that's where it gets hard, right? Where yeah. you know you're where where you know you have because there are there are incompetent leaders in the fire department. There are incompetent. Uh, followers, there are incompetent officers, incompetent firefighters, just as well as there are competent ones. So I think that is where it gets hard. Where hey, I want to do these things this way. Your way is actually not even right. Yeah. And we do have a huge accountability problem in across the fire service. And I don't know why we're so accepting of some of those things. I mean, I always say, you know, the NFL. If you if you are in the practice squad, you will never see a game. You just yeah. won't. Oh yeah. But and that's and that's entertainment. The fire department, if you're in the practice squad, we'll put you up front. We'll yeah. let you run a fire scene and we'll let you like kill real people. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and about... I'm saying that I'm using an extreme example here, yeah. obviously. And it's like it all like I was telling somebody the other day that they were asking about and I don't I don't want to get into it as far as the particulars in our department, but like like why isn't a uh, this fire chief into that? Or why isn't I can never get this pass through? And it's like, well, there's two things there for me. Like one. I feel like I would be the same way. And I would, I would hope that I would listen to others, not dismiss their concerns, but it's like, everybody has their thing, right? Like yeah. they have their thing. That's very important to them. So you might take a Josh chase or Jared Sergi or 
Joe Smith or whoever, you put them in at the top of that department and maybe they're super passionate about physical fitness. And guess what? In two years, every station has like brand new physical fitness equipment. Yeah. Yeah. You put true. a chief that's in there. That's really passionate about, um, gosh, apparatus. I don't know. And you get, you know, your appar- apparatus committee's like, dang, we're getting all like no obstacles. We're asking for this, that, and the other, like everybody has their thing that they're passionate about, which is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Sure. So yeah. when it comes to like, you know, my boss doesn't share my vision. Well, they have their own, which is hopefully a good one, but maybe, maybe you're not explaining it the right way. Maybe like, maybe you're not delivering your vision to them or sharing it with them the right way. Right. You know, I, I had a guy ask me about like a project. I have this, these things he was working on for some like hose spec stuff or like changing out hose loads or whatever. And, uh, He's like, you know, my chief, same thing. My chief doesn't share my vision. I have all these things I want to do and he just doesn't see it my way. And so I'm like, okay, well, how have you tried to share it with him? Like what has been your approach before? Yeah, Cause I, I know for me, like if you think you're going to go in there and be like, Hey, we have these new hose loads and we need to put it on the truck because like what we're doing right now, man, it sucks. Yeah. All you really did was tell all those people in that room, like whatever they've been doing for the last 10, 15, 25, 30 years is oh, wrong. Yeah. Is wrong. Yep. So like, you got to adjust the sales a little bit, be like, Hey, let me show you something. What do you think about this? Kind of include them in, in what you, um, like the decisions that you're going to make, include them in some of the things that you're looking at. Cause they might be like, Oh, I never thought about it this way. Like right. just adjust the sales a little well, bit. You, you literally just hit the nail on the head. You got to sell it and, and we don't want to sell it. We we're like, it should be obvious. How does nobody see this? Well, yeah. nobody sees it because they're not you. And it's okay to have a solution to the problem but you have to be able to sell the solution. I mean, nobody goes on Shark Tank and says, give me a deal, look what this does. Yeah, They're like, sell me on why I should invest in your idea. And I think yeah. in the fire department, we don't sell it. We're like, look at the look at the presentation. You guys don't see the numbers. And like you yeah. said, it almost comes off as like an attack. Like, hey, we've been doing it this way for 45 years. And I think if you can't communicate your vision, then nobody's going to pick it up. I right. mean, you yeah. know, it's, and- It's all in the message, yeah. man. It, it, yeah. it really is. and. And that goes back to, you know, the relationships, you build a good relationship with your, your supervisor. So I'm not saying you got to be best friends or you got to, you know, be a brown noser or anything like that. Like, right. but you can build a relationship them relationship with them to the point where it's like, all right, now I want to sit down and share my vision with them to where they understand it. And guess what? Like at that point you might understand theirs. And then the reality is there's some people that you just have to wait out. Like yeah. they're not like, and I know that's not the, the answer that most people want to hear. It's not the answer that I would want to hear, but like, dude, like if you have this project that you're really passionate about and your bosses are like no way in hell we're doing any of that stuff and you push and push and push and push. I mean, sometimes the fact is you got to wait people out. I worked on something for yeah. 10 years. I was making no progress or little progress. I had somebody that became an interim chief for a week and he was like, all right, let's do what you've been trying to do for the last 10 years. Right. Hey, <laughs> you Cause know? you waited them out. Right. It's just the way it is sometimes. Right. And I know that sucks, but sometimes that's just the truth. Yeah. All right, that man, we're packing stuff in in these 10 minute sections, dude. I mean, this is probably the way to do it. I'm actually getting some topics over here as we're chatting through this oh, stuff. Where I'm like, man, we could there's full podcasts off some of this, but yeah, I think we covered what we could cover on that one. That's a that's a tough one because it I think is, we yeah. all it everybody's is. passionate, there. you know. Yeah, and if you really want to take the fire service somewhere and you have one guy, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing if I had to sum up that whole thing was you got to communicate. And yeah. you got to find a way questions. to communicate. Yeah. yeah. Communicate, yeah. ask questions, build that relationship with your, with your chief or your Lieutenant, your captain, you know, and 
you know, lead up the chain of command, you know, like do those things because the people below you see it, you know, again, if it's, if it's unethical, it's not safe, it's whatever. It's like, is this really a big deal? Because, you know, and I know we're getting it. We are, you're, we get down the weeds with it, but it's like, if you nitpick, like all every little small thing that your yeah, chief has know, to man. say, it's like, like it, they might get to the point where it's like, well, am I going to take Jared seriously with anything? Cause the dude nope. bitches about everything. So Pick it's like, battles. I'll let this go. I'll let this go. I'll knock that out the park for the chief. We'll do this. We'll do this. And then something's going to come my way one day. I'm like, you know what? I'm really fired up about this. And I'm going to go to my chief. My chief's going to be like, man, you know, Jared doesn't really come to me a whole, with a whole lot of like about little stuff. If he's coming to me about this, this is probably a problem. And I should listen to him, you know? Yeah, that's good. I like it. All right. Moving on to question number three. Uh, so I like this question. I'm gonna hit the timer for 10 yep. minutes here. Uh, how do I deal with millennials in the fire service? So this is one of those questions where, I mean, and, and I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll just start off with this one. Stop separating them as millennials in the fire service. Yeah, so that's yeah. my biggest thing is, oh, look at today's generation or the millennials in the fire service. That's the problem. Look at the culture. Look at these young people. And I think one of the biggest things we're doing is we're separating people. So yeah. in a culture that's supposed to be about like brotherhood and unity, um, it's it's interesting. And I'm and I'm I'm saying this because I've said it. I've been asked this question, but I've also been like, oh, you know, the freaking that guy's a freaking millennial. Look at this guy. You know, right. I will say this as a uh, supervisor now, or as anybody that's looking to lead, and you don't have to be a supervisor for this. I think just building relationships with people, I really have started to see the value in everybody does have something to offer. I mean, everybody does. And yeah. one of the biggest things that I think uh, I was talking to one of my driver the other day, my engineer, and um, we were kind of bouncing back and forth. He's almost 50. You know, I'm in my early 40s. And we were talking about the new generation. And, and we really had this epiphany, like, are are they really questioning us? Or are they just asking questions? Because those are right. two different things. You yeah. know, so when a new guy says, you know, uh, ask about a leave policy or ask a question, well, when I came in the fire department, they were like, hey, shut up. Like, you don't get to ask questions. Yeah. Just be here. And I came from the military. So I just kind of just did what I was told. Didn't really ask a whole lot of questions. I honestly didn't even take a vacation my first year because when I asked what a furlough was, I was told I didn't need one. And so I just right. didn't take yes. one. And I, and I, I mean, yeah, and I'm not mad yeah. at the person yeah. that told me that. That was the culture. I didn't ask questions. So now here I am, you know, 18 years later. And I'm getting asked some questions that when I asked the questions, I was told, you don't need this or why are you asking? Right. And I started to realize that I was not protective of myself early on in the fire department. And, and I get it. You got to play the game. And I'm not against that. Like, you got to be a rookie and you got to learn the job and you need to do housework. Yeah, there's, of course. Basic, there's basic things. I'm not saying come in here and question everything. There are basic things I think you need to do in the fire service and those things don't change. But the biggest thing is stop separating everybody. The one thing I will say for the younger generation that I've learned is um, they do ask questions and I don't mind them asking questions. Now, now when you start to question everything, like, you know, everything, all right, well, I have an issue at whatever level you are. I don't care if sure. you're a millennial yeah, yeah, yeah. generation X generation, whatever. Um, you know, we can't go through the entire day of like, cause like you just said, the last question we kind of hit on, man, this guy asked questions about everything. And then eventually right. people just stop listening to you. Yeah. But the way I've dealt with millennials, if you will, is number one, I've stopped kind of separating them out. Like, oh, there's this different group in my firehouse of guys that I have to treat different. So right. I just kind of treat everybody the same. 
and recognize that it's not that they're millennials, just like my kids, all my kids are different. I have older kids. I have younger kids. I treat them all different. The, some things are not relevant to some people and some things are. So, you know, right. if I got a 22 year old kid and let's see the youngest guy I have in my station right now just turned 23. And I think the oldest guy in my station right now is like 49. That's a pretty big age gap. Yeah. So you don't just don't talk to everybody the same, but I don't, and I, well, I do talk to everybody the same, but I, what I guess I'm trying to say is uh, I don't, I don't group them out, but you know when to adjust. Like I understand, like, you know when to like, yeah, I know I could talk to this person this way. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm like you, like, I don't, I don't get the whole millennial issue. Like, Oh, millennials, millennials. I'm like, so I had to look it up, honestly, like before we started this podcast, I'm like, I wonder what the actual, cause I know it varies, but yeah, it says, how do I deal with millennials in the fire or how do I read my own question? Um, so then it has the year. So I looked at like three different sites and any of them, it's basically on average, if you're born like 1980 into the nineties, like eighties and nineties, yeah. I think. And, and I'm not, yeah, I'm no, it's like early eighties, like, like fact. some websites, I'm a millennial and yes. some way, websites I'm a generation. X. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I think me having a kid at 18 and having to grow up, yeah. I don't really have a millennial a mindset. Scale. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm like you, like, I don't, I don't see the issues with millennials. Typically when people refer to millennials, it is usually not always, it's usually followed with this whole, well, they don't take any initiative. They feel entitled. I'm like, yep. dude, I can point to some dudes who got 20 years and 30 years that are far worse. Oh yeah. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, you might, I don't know about grouping them into this, you know, how they all act the same way. Like I said, in the last one, like, how do I deal with millennials? Well, one, I just know that they probably learn differently, you know? Um, everything you know oh they're always on a device like they had devices stuck in their face probably all through school you know oh, yeah. that's just how they learn that's how my kids learn right now so you know knowing that i have to adjust it all goes back to making sure my own egos in check first and be like all right well what's really the best way to get through this person it's understanding you know people you know i have found so i've my last shoot so the damn near my whole time as a captain i've had some pretty young people on the roster Anywhere yeah. from 18 to 25. And I can tell you, I had issues with almost none of them. Right. Like they were all, and so a lot of things I heard is, well, they don't, they're not self-starters. Like they don't just, they're not just going to do what they're supposed to do all the time. Like, okay, well then do something with them. Like I know senior people who do the same damn thing. So it's like, oh yeah, if you know that about them and they're not self-starters, which I have plenty of those people, like they would never come up to me and say, hey, Cap, we need to go over this, or hey, can we do this, or then I'm taking classes, they're engaged. But I'll tell you what, the minute I set something up, whether it was company training or we went over a certain topic, they were all in. They were engaged. They were enthusiastic. They wanted to learn. And the same thing. I never had a problem when they were like, why, why? I don't get this. Why, why? That That's never bothered me because, to me, that only helps my case. Like, if I can yeah. explain to them why they're doing something – then that eliminates me having to explain later when they're actually performing the task or, or there's no hesitation in them performing the task because I've explained to them why they should be doing this. So I've found like, you don't have to hold their hand. You don't have to coddle them, but give them purpose, like include them, engage them, give them some kind of objective because, you know, 
the fire service is like people are going to come in and it's like, oh, well, they don't care about the fire service. They're here for a job. And that's probably true for some anybody. It's like, well, share that with them. Like, again, give them that purpose. Share them. Share but with it's them like awesome you said, there is. are 20 year plus guys oh, who have yeah. been there just to be there and collect a paycheck. Absolutely. And, and, and I think I think a lot of time what happens is, I mean, what's the easiest way to make yourself look good? Just make somebody else look bad. Yeah. You know, so what happens I don't is know the where older that guys pointing comes from. I don't no, I, I think I think in older is. guys, I, I don't know. This isn't every older guy. And I'm and I'm a fan of the senior guy. So if you're on here and you're listening, I'm not picking on all senior guys. Yeah. But, you know, typically it is the guys that have been around longer that say, well, this is the way that we've always done it, which we know that's a toxic saying in the fire mm-hmm. service. Right. But those guys are around longer and they don't want to open up to new ideas or new thought processes or anything like that. So it's easy to just point the finger at. Well, it's this group of people. That's the problem. And really, honestly, if we're going to separate, if we're going to separate into groups of people, which I don't like that, um, but I think naturally the fire service separates in its own group. There is a group of people in the fire service that genuinely care and are passionate about this fire service and actually moving it forward. There is that group. Then there is the group that is here for a job. They will perform well. They are here for a job that, you know, maybe not be not their passion, but whatever job they did, they will do well at it. And this is the job for them. Then we have group three who just doesn't give a shit and is just here to collect a paycheck. They will ride their time out and they will just leave. And everybody knows who they are. So we're going to separate into groups. I think really you got to put yourself in one of those three groups. But the whole millennial thing it's so it's not a thing and i'm not gonna lie i I use it as a thing for a little while where i was like oh that's just this generation but i was also shutting myself out from actually learning stuff about you know different culture changes like when we came in we had old guys and we were the new generation right and they probably said the same thing about us exactly you guys suck (laughs) yeah like they don't what do they know about fires we were going 35 fires a day whatever they are yeah yeah Yeah, i'm like 35 fires a day dude that's not even possible we wouldn't even have any buildings (laughs) you know yeah so yeah exactly you know so it's one of those questions i like it but i really think you have to i like the question but i don't like that we're grouping people yeah and i don't know where i don't know where the millennials Caught all this shit, got all this hell. Like, I don't yeah. know where the finger pointing started going at the millennials because we can really finger point at anybody. I don't think, like, if somebody's asking themselves, well, how do I deal with millennials in the fire service? They just get rid of millennials. Like, how do I deal with people in the fire service? Well, yeah. Yeah. you need to know that you have people that are older, younger, more tenured, no, not so much experience. They learn differently. This person learns immediately they can pick something up this person you might have to explain to them patiently several times like that's just the way it is like i I don't understand the finger pointing at millennials i've had a lot of millennials that work for me and a lot of them 95 or higher percent of them have been freaking awesome all it takes is a little bit of engagement engage them a little bit give them some purpose man and they freaking go after it yeah no i I agree with that 100 100 i think one thing you hit on there is uh people you yeah. just got to get to know your people. Uh, and, timer's up, but we could we could keep going on this one. Oh yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. It's just people, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think I think they got the finger pointing, and uh, you know, my daughter would be considered a millennial, but they they got the finger pointing because it's easy for insecure people to point fingers. That's where right. it came from. I mean, yeah. that's and, honestly where I think it came from. Yeah, and the people that are pointing the fingers for whatever reason, like oh that millennial's not doing this, whatever. You should point the finger back at yourself and say, well. What am I doing to fix that? Because right. maybe I'm not saying what you're pointing out isn't a problem. It certainly could be. But 
what are you doing to fix it? If the answer right. is nothing, and you're just going to go walk in the day room and just bitch about the new millennial on the station, then you're part of the problem. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the biggest thing. I think whatever age group you're in or whatever category or generation, like it, it's not the entire generation. That's the issue. No, it, no, it's, it's, not. it's the person. And I think that's the biggest thing is it's the person, it's the people. And like I said, those three groups earlier, you got people that are genuinely here for the right reasons. And you have people here that are not. And, yep. you know, as frustrating as that can be, I think it's, you know, with, with everything I think that we talked about and discussed today is it really goes back to why are you in the fire service? Not why is Jared here? Not why is, uh you know, Jim Bob Joe Mac here? Why is I've been saying that lately. That's my fake name. Jim Bob you know? Yeah, yeah Jim Bob Joe Mac just rolls off the tongue um but yeah wh why am i here and i think if you could just focus on why you're here making yourself better uh every single day whatever it looks like you know and, and you know we we talked earlier today and it's or yesterday whenever we were chatting back and forth we're just normal dudes like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah we got a podcast yeah that's cool but you know i genuinely just want to do better uh and there are plenty of days i go to work and I'm like, look, I'm not going to lie. It's October, right? So November's coming up pretty soon. And I'm an early Christmas season yeah, so kind of guy. Have you started decorating for Christmas yet? It's about to happen. And <laughs> and people are people are going to be mad as, as soon as it does, and that's okay. Uh, me and Mariah Carey are about to get real close in my car driving to work every morning. I saw this um, I saw this meme on, on social media, maybe on, I think probably on Facebook. As, as soon as I saw it, it reminded me of you. I should have freaking got oh, yeah. a screenshot and sent it to you. But it was it said at the top, like, like the night something like kids coming home from trick-or-treating and it was this lady that was like opening her door and you could see in the living room there's just christmas stuff everywhere and she was like oh surprise surprise oh uh, like so I'm, I'm not gonna lie it may be on the chase family calendar to decorate on november november 1st i'm not i mean i don't know i gotta look i gotta double yeah, check yeah it may be on there and I you know what Pe people that are hating on joy are ridiculous i have no idea like you hate christmas like, yeah you got you know, yeah. yeah like i bad. watch i watch the grinch for entertainment every single year but to live that life bro you need help there's and, something special there's not many holidays you. where you could be like you know i could just you know once it's over it's like i could leave this like this year round you know i don't say that about easter like man i'd really love yeah, all these easter decorations just yeah. all up until november like, no, look, no, I don't Christmas care. It's fun. It's fun. And I, I mean, I have my personal reasons why it's fun. But, you know, for me, it's fun. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. I, I have a confession to make and I'll do it on the podcast. <laughs> I listen to Christmas music year round. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not lying. You can ask my family. I listen to jazz holiday radio on Pandora on a normal oh, basis. I didn't even know they had that, yeah. And that's not a plug. It's like it's really relaxing. It's like classical holiday music. Sometimes I even stop by a local coffee shop. I get a peppermint mocha. I turn on the AC. Oh, in my in my car and i'm like it to it me feels like it's freaking christmas little, in july wonderland <laughs> yeah you know and and you know what if you're mad at that it doesn't bother me you're just gonna have to be mad you know so uh i don't know how he got on that and i have confessed lately that die hard is still not a christmas movie oh, yeah. i don't care what anybody says i mean Great you may feel though. different it's I watch movie. it. I do. I don't know if I can get on the it's a Christmas movie thing. I feel like I tilt like it is, but I definitely watch it every year around Christmas. So I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah, it's like a it's a holiday favorite. Yes, but it's yeah, not a, good a way Christmas it. it's movie. A holiday yeah. favorite. That's a good. So way to put be it. on the lookout for that post this coming season because I'm about to piss a lot of people <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, so 
well hey guys that was our uh that was our q a format so we're gonna do we might do some more questions but we'll do it a yeah. minimum three uh we'll probably hit on them 10 minutes a piece and if you're like man i really want to hear more shoot us an email um we're doing this podcast for you guys so if you're like i want to hear more of the thoughts on the promotional process or what do they think about this man we're in and i know yeah, i'm in Yep. Yeah, Jared's in. You know, we'll get it knocked out. Is there anything you want to circle back to on any of those uh, three things? I don't think so. I was looking looking through my notes there. I don't I don't think so. We've got the yeah, we'll throw the email um the email address up with this link. Obviously it'll it'll show the link FH Leadership Podcast at gmail.com, capital yep. F, capital H. And I think that's it, man. I can't think of anything else. All right, cool. Well, he, Jared's doing some traveling this year. I'm doing some traveling. We tra do travel together. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I'd love to get these guys in my department, uh, reach out. Um, yeah. Believe it or not, 2024 is already starting to fill up. And we're both we both got families over here, too. So we try and make it all work. But it is starting to fill up already. So let us know. We'll come out. We'll do a one day seminar for your department called Making the Move to the Front Seat where we take you from the jump seat to the front seat and we just make sure you guys are educated and your girls are educated from, you know, the jump seat, uh, informal leadership, we'll cover formal leadership, you know, we'll do it all. So, um, yeah, fun, he's yeah. traveling. Yeah. I'm traveling. It's a great class, super relatable. Um, haven't had anybody complain to our face, uh, yeah, no, yet, face. you know, yeah. some sure people are complaining yeah. behind our back, you know, but that's okay. But, uh, anything you want to say before I wrap this thing up? I think that's it, man. Looking forward to doing the next one. All right, cool. Well, uh, so we're going to be doing the next one here soon. Uh, you might hear one from just Jared, or you might hear one from just me. Oh, yeah, me. that's a good point. Yeah, the little, yeah, little yeah. short ones, yeah. So yep. we'll probably do some short uh, burst-out podcast here with some quick thoughts. And, uh, you know, so if you just hear me, you know, sorry for you. If you just hear Jared, you know, maybe it'll get me next time, you know. Yeah, but, uh, get my sweet nasally voice. Yeah, might be Jared, might be me. If you could see this nose, you'd know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. Know, so... <laughs> But seriously, guys, we always appreciate you listening to us banter about the fire service. We really are passionate about moving it forward. Uh, Jared, it's been great. I'm going to sign us off. We're going to get the heck out of here. All right, man. Thanks. Everybody. All right, y'all take it easy. We will catch you next time on the Firehouse Leadership Podcast. What's up, my friends? Thank you for listening to the Firehouse Leadership Podcast, where we believe in keeping leadership in the firehouse. Don't forget to head on over to Spotify and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to follow Jump Seat Leadership and Trial by Fire on social media. Until next time, stay engaged.